So uh, a Limpopo father is uh, fighting a legal battle to be with his daughter following the maternal grandparents' refusal to, gra- to grant him access to his child. The mother of his child passed away in 2017, and he last saw his 25-year-old daughter in February this year. We are now joined on the line by Castro Mosignari, uh, who's also founder um founded an organization called We Are Fathers, We Are Parents. Good afternoon to you, Castro. Good afternoon, Glenn, and the team listeners of Radio 2000 as well. Thank you very much. Good to have you on the show. So tell us, what are the reasons given by the maternal grandparents for their refusal to see your child? Okay, thank you. First of all, I would like to correct. I think you made a mistake and said the, the daughter is 25 years. Did I say 25? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, sorry. It's <laughs> like five, five years old, right? Yeah. yeah yes, she okay. turned five on me. Okay. So, yeah, they, they, I think the, the reasons when I look back is that they knew that the child, the children's court is a lawless environment. Uh, they knew that uh, for as long as I am the father, I do not stand a chance once I go to the children's court or the high court with a complaint around uh, uh, my child, especially after the passing of the mother. But the real reason that they, I remember they gave in the, in the family advocate uh, mediation is that my child will come to me when she is 8 or 11. That is the reason that I remember. Because when you remember, they, they, they are different cultures. So I'm Venda. So in Venda culture, uh, after I was not married, married to the mother, so after the uh, you know, they find out that uh, the mother of my child is pregnant. They should send people to my family to report the pregnancy. And then uh, things can be facilitated from there. So such didn't happen. Uh, so there are no demands that they made to say maybe pay 10000 And I say maybe 10000 is too much. Let me pay 5000 So they, I remember the only reason which they said after the passing of the mother of my child that uh, she will come when she's five, which is eight or, or, or 11. And remember, my child, they blocked me from my child since birth. Even when the mother was, was, was still alive, they didn't want me uh, near my child. Why, why, why was that? Did, didn't you have a good relationship with her? Didn't you have a good relationship with the mother? Were problems of maintenance? Or what happened? Uh, at the time of my, uh, the, the passing of the mother of my child, we were still in a relationship. Hmm. So we didn't have a problem. Uh, it was not a problem of us. It was interference. By, by the by the maternal grandparents okay. who obviously she had to fear and or respect whichever way we, we, we view it. So uh, that uh, interrupted my relationship with my child, and I understood her. That's why I ended up going to the children's court, hoping hoping that I will find a, a relief. But a magistrate insulted me there in 2016, and she ended up confessing to me that no, she doesn't know the children's actual phone. A friend in Pretoria. So we have people who don't know what they are doing. I went to the family advocate. I saw miracles there as well. Wow. I mean, you lost saw your child in February. Uh, how was this facilitated? This was uh, as a result of the three existing court orders. The first one was in 2017, which was irrelevant anyway, because me and the mother of the child didn't have a dispute over the child. But the magistrate, because he didn't understand what to do, she just issued a court order to say, I will see my child over alternative weekends. So after the passing of the mother of my child, I realized that if these people were making life difficult for me and my child when the mother was still alive, uh, what now? Because she's the one who used to facilitate that I see my child. Now I have to take my child to be with me, to raise my child on my own, to apply for primary 
uh, care of my child, what is called custody. Okay. So uh, the, then in the process, a judge issued uh, an interim order in 2018 to say, I will see my child. That is on top of the first one in 2017 when the mother was still alive. Then a third one came in 2019 uh, on, the, on the final judgment, which denied me uh, primary care or rather the right to raise and live with my child. So it is the it is the judgment that I'm about to. I wanted to appeal since 2019, but then there are certain things that are happening that are preventing that appeal that I want to do. So we're using uh, the, the interim order, but the grandparents in February, just like they would always do throughout, now in February they chose to say, I cannot see my child anymore. So I know what they probably wanted. They probably wanted me to go and demand to see my child so that they can apply for a protection order against me. Or maybe they thought I am in business, I've been affected by COVID. For me to see my child, I've got to go to the high court. And uh, that means money. So now we are struggling as people uh, to, to, to spare money for, for, for court processes is difficult. Okay. Um, uh, Castro, tell me this. Um, since your child is living with the grandparents, are you paying maintenance? I can't pay maintenance because I do not have any access to anything. Mm. I don't even know. I only saw the school where she is going on the court papers when we're going up and down in court. Okay. So I used to pay maintenance for my child to do everything through the mother of my child, even through the at some point the grand the, the grandmother who is now changed completely uh, 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 and turned against me completely. So there is no way. I try to contact the school in Pulukwane where she is to say, can you give me details so that I can be part of this uh, this process of, of my child? And they said they can't. Uh, when I phone the grandparents, they don't pick up my call. So the, the people who behave in this manner, they don't want me, they wouldn't want me to make any contribution because whatever positive that I would do, uh, they know that I will use it uh, as, as an advantage. Yes. Okay. So they would rather prevent it, and they know the court of law will say, no, you haven't done this. And yet they are the ones who are preventing that, that is That is how rotten the system is. Okay. Speaking about the court of law, t- let's talk about the, 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 the legal fees. Um, have you been able to afford legal assistance, and how much has that cost you over the years? Over the years, I think I've, I've, I've spent in around uh, 100000 which I always say is, is nothing compared mm. to what I hear other people having spent. Yeah. I've heard people saying they've spent half a million or, or, or a million. So uh, with me as well, there were also, you know, courts that uh, uh, are traveling courts for, from Gauteng, where I, I have located over the past three years to Limpopo to fetch my, my, my daughter. So I would need at least 3.5 a month for uh, as traveling costs over and above everything that I'll be doing. Uh, you've since formed an organization called We Are Fathers, We Are Parents. What kind of assistance does the organization provide? First and foremost, the organization came as a therapy for me yeah. because I found myself very alone in the beginning of this. I didn't know where to turn to. So I just you know, felt that if I find myself doing something, I feel better. So I formed this organization with the aim of saying I want to raise it, the plight of children through this organization, the plight of fathers as well. So currently we are able to, because I understand what it means not, not to have anyone to cry on, I listen. There are fathers who call me and I do assist with whatever uh, legal advice and moral support that I can 
and I don't depend on my on my own. I've got you know specific people that I do call if I I don't understand a certain uh, you know situation. Then they give me advice on how I can advise that specific father. And there are a number of fathers who, who whom I I have contributed, and they found a bit of peace in their situation. Excellent. And uh, this matter is headed to the Limpopo High Court next week. I mean, this is. This is crazy. I mean, it, it, it looks like, you know, when you have issues, you go to the courts. Uh, when when that issue does not get national attention, nothing gets done. But once it gets national attention, then everybody pretends as if, you know, they have interest or they're working. Yes, that is, that is the problem we have. When I hear certain people talking about protecting children and rights of children, I laugh and, 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 and I feel irritated by them because... Children are being uh, ob- objectified. Children are, are objects of court. When we go to court, we fight for ch- a child. That is my child who doesn't have a right, who cannot speak, but constitutionally, everyone has rights. So I have to go to court. If I don't go to court, that is why I can't see my child. The reason why I can go to court now is that I was lucky to find uh, some lawyers who are prepared now to uh, to, to give me uh, uh, you know legal uh, representation for for free because currently I cannot afford that. So we are going to relaunch our our leave to appeal, which was halted in 2019 because a judge who gave a judgment when we raised an issue around the judgment that she gave, she said she said she. She was not aware of a certain document that we are we are talking about, an interim order from 2018. So that is the reason why the court was adjourned, and I was told to go and look for that document at the registry of the court, which I couldn't find. And uh, yes, the children are suffering. My child is suffering as I speak, because okay. she didn't choose not to see me and my relatives as well, a grandmother, a sister, and you know, and everyone else. So it's, it's a war against children, uh, the way I can interpret it. Castro, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you so much, and all the best to you. Thank you. Thank you. Ken. That's Castro Musignari um, there. He's the founder of uh, We Are Fathers, We Are Parents. Uh, I don't think this is over. Uh, I think on the line we've got uh, Javuba Loi. He's the, uh, Javu is the spokesperson for the Commission for Gender Equality. Hello, Hello Javu. Hi, Glenn. It's not Jabu. It's Tubeli Lesita. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There, there. It's my... Oh, Tubeli Lesita. I'm sorry. I was looking at some paper here. Tubeli Lesita. Like an opportunity, Zita. Yeah, Okay. So, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you. So, this is very interesting because the commission recently released a report titled When Relations Disentangle. What prompted yes. the commission to issue on fathers being denied access to their children? Well, first and first, uh, Glenn, one should understand that the role of the commission in South Africa, that we are a commission for gender equality. We are not uh, perceived, our society perceives us as a commission for women. Yes. Uh, why am I saying that? Is because um, a lot of complaints that we receive as a commission they are from females other than males. Okay. Uh, that that is uh, that is according to our statistics as a commission. Yes. So we've realized that there are complaints that are coming from men as well. Uh, maybe, for instance, when they are abused in their relationships and stuff like that. So this time around, 
when we looked at the commission, we realized that there are a lot of men who are experiencing um, who are actually denied their contact with their children by mothers or the the, 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 the maternal family of 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 of, of, the, of the of the child. Mm. So we then decided to undertake this study. That's what prompted us to do that, so that we show that we are not only a we are not a commission for women, but we are a commission for gender. That. Um, uh, takes everyone uh, to board or into consideration. So tell us about some of the findings contained in this report. Um, our, our findings basically, Glenn, um, there are a lot of issues that uh, we, 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 we found in that report, such as uh, uh, maintenance, which leads to um, some people being denied access. We found that also romantic relationships break down or dysfunctional or broken relationships mm. between biological parents of the child could also lead to this, uh, to this problem. Further, inconsistent, inconsistent presence in the child's life, allegations of abuse and drug use or, and alcohol by either of the parents are some of the findings that we, have, that, that we came up with from this report. Okay. And uh, the recourse, I mean, I mean, you know, what recourse do fathers have when uh, they're, they're denied access to their children? Because, you know, we just spoke to one gentleman who's yeah. been running, uh, for, who's, you know, running up and down for the past, I don't know, four or five years since, I think, 2017, because he was denied yeah. access to his child. Yeah. Well, Glenn, as far as we know... Uh, in South Africa, we have an office called the Family Advocate Office, which offers mediation between the mother and the, and, 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 and the father of the, the biological parents of the child. Let me, let me rather say that. So um, this is where uh, they offer mediation between the two, as I've said. Also, the Department of uh, Social Development offers the similar services. And if then all fails, uh, this matter should then be taken to court or even there are people who approach us as the Commission for Gender Equality to say, hey, look, I have this uh, quagmire. How can I go about doing that? Then we refer those people to our legal unit, which uh, will then assist them. But in a nutshell, the first office that uh, these uh, 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 um, fathers uh, should approach is the family advocate office. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, after my conversation with um, uh, with uh, Castro Musignari, he was not happy yeah. about the way that he he was treated by both the grandparents and the courts. So I want to find out from you how effective and speedy are the courts in settling these matters. Well, then I don't want to lie to you on that one. Please don't. Um, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just be frank with you. Yeah. As I'm talking to you right now, I do not know um, uh, how, how speedy that process mm. is or how fast it actually go, but goes. But uh, we are friends of the court as a commission. Mm. When such matters are presented before the court, that is only it is only this year that such we've become friends of the court rather. So we will only get to know the integrities or how the system goes uh, as these uh, uh, matters that are before called unfold. So I cannot tell as to how fast or how slow uh, this thing can be concluded in court. 
Well, uh, uh, Mr. Zita, thank you so much for chatting to us this afternoon. Okay, thank you, Kate. Excellent. To really share Zita, the researcher at the Commission at Radio 2000. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, from what we got from Castro is that, you know, um, the, 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 the service that he got, you know, was not good, was horrible. I think that's the word that he used, you know. Um, his, his, his problem uh, was not treated the way it needed to be treated, you know. Like he mentioned that you're dealing with a child in the who, who's, inno- yeah, who's innocent, mm. you know. Yeah, so. It's sad that it even got to this, you know, but um, unfortunately yeah. this is how South Africans seem to deal with their issues. If you're unmarried and you have a child with someone, sometimes culturally because of these cultural requirements of damages and so forth and if you don't pay them the family you know the families can make it difficult for you which is what castro was was alluding to i think mm. there's there's issues in terms of damages um, and what needed to be paid and or what he can afford mm. and now it's escalated to this another child is suffering yeah now the family is wasting a lot of money we're wasting a lot of time running to the courts you know, and instead a lot of, of time away from from Castro and his kids. Yeah, you know that's that's also quite sad. It's very tough because now they're going to the high court. Now you're talking about serious money. It would have been also nice to hear from you know the the other side of the story from the family. Okay. Why are they making it so impossible? It seems for him to access his child because what he's saying is heartbreaking. Yeah, we'll try and get it's you their number and convince you must convince them to come on. <laughs> and let's see if they'll be willing to come on. Good I, luck to you. And you'll do that interview. I'll I'll be sitting outside uh, having popcorns. Do you get what I mean? Because it's crazy. But we never I think sometimes when we get too emotional, we never you know, we, we, we never think about tomorrow. We only think about now, today, and not think about, you know, the things that we do. The, you know what will happen they, in the future. Yes, so true. They they pass on because but what happens with the child? Because now they don't have a relationship with with the father. It's crazy. It's crazy. You raised a good point there.